Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have begun a new series on Imperfect Families, Perfect God, where we learn from the lives of the various families in the book of Genesis and see how in spite of their many failings, God didn't give up on them. He continued to be faithful, true to his word and sovereign in every way. As you listen in, our hope is that you will see the hand of God in your earthly family and trust him with your future. Hi church, it's my joy to bring God's word to you today. Uh, as you know, we've been doing this series called Imperfect Families, Perfect God and for those of us who are teaching it, it's been very confronting. Um the topics have not been easy to study them. Uh, to apply them to view ourselves under the lens of the scripture has been um extra hard in this season but it's been so rewarding and we're hoping that you're finding it rewarding as well we've looked at adam and eve and their family we've looked at abraham isaac and now today we're looking at jacob you know the story of jacob's life spans about one third of genesis it's a huge story because he had such a big family and um I feel honestly when I was reading it I felt like Jacob's parents didn't give him much of a chance in the way they named him you know because when he came out of his mother's womb he was grasping his older brother's heel and so they called him Jacob which means supplanter or deceiver or heel grabber but there's an alternate meaning which theologians believe uh, his name implies and that is protect it's almost like the parents spoke over him without knowing that God would protect him And so I believe that Jacob is like a special interest case for God as much as um he was part of the patriarchs he was predestined to take his space the way he went about it the way he kind of um you know squeezed himself into everything um makes you believe as you read all these chapters that God took him on as a special interest case and God truly did protect him so as we look at the the story of Jacob how it evolves and what God does with him I believe that each of us will find our place in his story we may not find it in the deceiving but we might find it somewhere in the middle and as we identify ourselves with jacob my prayer is that uh, we will allow god to do with us as he did with jacob so as we look at jacob's lives i believe life i believe there are three specific seasons that you can uh, you know really divide his life into the first season i believe that we can look at very clearly very clearly demarcated in the scripture is the season where he wangled the blessing what does wangled mean right it means to obtain something by persuading or cleverly manipulating or deceiving someone here was this little infant he was a fetus he was in his mother's womb and god spoke to rebecca saying there are two nations inside you there are two nations that are going to be um, competing with each other and then when they come out the younger is going to uh, lead the older And so this is the background that Rebecca had. Rebecca began the wangling process. She felt she had to squeeze Jacob into his destiny and it didn't end there. Jacob must have been told by his mom who happened to be he happened to be the favorite son to her. I think she must have told him that even as a little boy you're going to be the leader. You're the one who you know your brother is going to follow. Maybe I don't know as a mother I say a lot of things to make kids so I can relate to that. And I believe this whole season where he was 
so busy wangling his blessing it was a season where there was a misplaced sense of identity somehow rebecca must have told him that this was your identity this blessing when it becomes yours that is your identity and jacob grew with that misplaced sense of identity because he first steals the birthright from esau as we know and then he proceeds to steal the blessing that was meant for the firstborn i want us to look at genesis chapter 27 verses 27 to 29 to kind of understand the depth of the blessing that was given to the firstborn which jacob usurped genesis chapter 27 verses 27 to 29 so he went to him and kissed him when isaac caught the smell of his clothes he blessed him and said ah the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the lord has blessed may god give you heaven's dew and earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine may nations serve you and your peoples bow down to you be lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you may those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed i want us to also look at genesis chapter 28 verses 3 to 4 which continues the blessing that isaac gives to him before he leaves home he says may god almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples may he give you and your descendants the blessing given to abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner the land god gave to abraham this is the length and breadth of the promise and the blessing that god gives to jacob how did rebecca and jacob wangle this they did it by hook or crook they literally a uh, pulled the wool over J- over Isaac's eyes and got uh, Jacob the blessing did they need to do it that way probably not because if god gives a word the way god goes about it is very different when god gives us a word our requirement is not to wangle that blessing and make it ours somehow some way but it's instead to wait interestingly you know this need to wangle a blessing never really left jacob if you see many years down the line almost 20 years down the line he's going to meet esau again and he's panicking because it was such an unresolved issue and before he meets him he sends tons of gifts to him in terms of flocks and herds and he tells the shepherds hey tell him when you meet him that this is all from your servant jacob right wangling again god had already told him that your brother would bow before you but yet he felt he had to earn the favor of esau and some of us are just wanglers by by nature god tells us something but we feel we have to squeeze ourselves into that de- in the direction of that destiny we feel we have to make put all our ducks in a row for that blessing to happen but if god gives the blessing it's god's timing it's god's way of giving us the blessing we can't do anything to manufacture that if anything we have looked at in the past 4 weeks we can do nothing to manufacture the blessing that god has already intended for us we just need to stand and wait we need to keep doing the things he has called us to do the problem with wangling a blessing the problem with a short circuiting or shortcutting god's ways is that it leads to wandering jacob because of what he and rebecca plotted and did had to leave home and for 20 years he lived with laban his uncle who was an unjust cruel taskmaster yes did he get wives out of it yes did he have children out of that yes but it led to 20 years away from his promised land 20 years away from the place that was promised to him because of that blessing he stole wangling will lead to wandering so what is the alternate how do i stop choosing to steal the blessing or you know um press myself into that place of blessing 
what do I do instead of that? You might ask me, well, I, all I know is how to wang it. I'm a wheeler dealer. This is who I am. I talk my way through anything. I somehow can manipulate someone into giving me what I think I need. The very dull and uninteresting answer is that you wait. Instead of wangling, you wait. Waiting is a better option. We can wait believing that the blessing will come at its appointed time. There is a time for it to come through. Will you and I wait instead of wangling it? The next thing is that you, instead of wangling, resting is a better option. The problem with wheeler, wheeling and dealing and manipulating is that we're always making a plan. We're never at rest because we're always thinking how I could better make that promise mine. How I can shorten the waiting process. But the purpose of Jesus was to help us enter that rest. Right? Like we look in the book of Hebrews. And I believe that resting is the best option because he who promised is faithful. He's true to his word. If he said it, he will do it. So I want to leave this promise with you from Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. As we think about how sometimes we have wangled our way into a promise, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. I want to leave that with you to really sink into you. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. In Jacob's case, when he wangled that blessing, it brought in a problem-filled inheritance. It was not smooth sailing. Did God work in the midst of that? Absolutely. Could he have waited right there in the midst of Esau's murderous threats? Maybe he could have. We don't know what that would have looked like. But he took another route. And I want to ask you, have you been wangling instead of waiting? Have you quit resting because you feel you have to plot and plan your every move towards that promotion, towards that relationship? towards that one particular thing you are so longing for. Why not enter the rest that Jesus has promised? Why not wait and believe that the one who promised is faithful? That's the first season. Jacob went through a season of wangling his blessing. The blessing would have come to him, but he wangled it. The second thing, the season that he walked through next was the work for that blessing. It's interesting, you and I think that when something is given to us as a blessing, we don't need to work for it, right? But when you look at Jacob in that first season, he was this pampered son living in tents, loved by his mother, making stew and just enjoying his days while his brother was the guy who went out, hunted and did all of those things. But now he's left home, he's all alone on the road. The air around him is one where he needs to make ends meet. He had to figure out something to sustain him. Right? And that's where work came in. He goes, meets his uncle Laban, works with him, falls in love with Laban's daughter Rachel and wants to marry her. Laban says, no problem, you can marry her, but you work seven years for me. So he worked for seven years. It says it went by like, like a day because he loved Rachel so much. But Laban was not the greatest of fathers-in-law. He gave him Leah instead of Rachel on the wedding night. And after that deception, he said, you work another seven years for me. I'll give you Rachel right away, but you work another seven years for me. And it was in the midst of this less than ideal situation that Jacob develops a work ethic. Jacob develops work habits. Jacob gets skilled at what will become his people's livelihood for the next many centuries. 
he had to work his tail off to make ends meet but in the midst of that season the season of working for his blessing he was enlarged in ways i don't think he ever dreamt of he didn't just get one wife he got two wives two maids who came with them who happened to become concubines i'm not justifying what he did it was just what happened he had 12 sons and one daughter it's amazing how god stretched him in that season he had to work there was a need that he had to meet and so he worked and worked and worked and i want to look at genesis chapter 31 verses 5 to 13 to just understand the environment he worked in okay it might sound very resemblant of what you are walking through at work right now so let's look at that genesis chapter 31 verses 5 to 13 he said to them this is jacob talking to leah and rachel i see that your father's attitude toward me is not what it was before but the god of my father has been with me you know that i worked for your father with all my strength yet your father has cheated me by changing my wages 10 times however god has not allowed him to harm me if he said the speckled one will ones will be your wages then all the flocks gave birth to speckled young and if he said the streaked ones will be your wages then all the flocks bore streaked young so god has taken away your father's livestock and has given them to me in breeding season i once had a dream in which i looked up and saw that the male goats mating with the flock were streaked speckled or spotted the angel of god said to me in the dream jacob I answered here I am and he said look up and see that all the male goats mating with the flock are streaked speckled or spotted for I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you I am the god of Bethel where you anointed a pillar and where you made a vow to me now leave this land at once and go back to your native land it's very obvious from this passage that while Jacob had a hard go of it his work environment was not the best his boss was downright conniving and yet in the midst of that season god's favor has just been poured out over him he says it was like god took your father's livestock and gave them to me when we read the story of how he actually got a whole bunch of flock who were speckled and spotted or striped he didn't know genetics he didn't know anything about you know chromosomes or genes he trusted the instinct god had put in him god had obviously spoken to him in a dream god had shown him what to do it was the hand of god in his life and when you look at this you realize that the increase which happened in that season the increase in his family the increase in his livestock was not normal it was not regular it was absolutely supernatural and from this i can see this and i can confidently tell you this that we need to remember work is not the source of our wealth our careers are not the source of our wealth god is it was not jacob's work ethic that had made him rich it wasn't his incredible um stoic business like attitude that got him where he was no it was the hand of god on his life it was the god who had promised him at bethel that i would be with you who was with him all through also it's very important to remember that we are not deserving of the blessing we receive from our work we are not deserving of the blessing that we receive in terms of our material benefits it is purely the grace of god undeserved unmerited favor we need to remember this in a time when all around us work has become practically an idea when we are looking for that next best thing that you know huge 
pay package that you know our increment has to be this much we're comparing ourselves with all the other big companies or maybe you're someone who's still looking for a job and you have those big aspirations but can i remind you of this that most often for every one of us believers while work is essential it is god given it is everything that we are called to you know do with our hands we are required to work at it well that is not the source of our wealth god is that also cannot be the source of our identity but it is where god will reveal to us our life's purpose maybe you're thinking i should quit this job my boss is horrible i can't do this anymore i want you to wait i want you to think is that what god wants me to do lord is this my life's is this connected to my life's purpose let me just help help you understand that a bit i want to unpack that a bit so you need to remember that what started out as you know just livestock rearing for jacob out of necessity became his entire livelihood right it all depended on that and you look a few years down the line all of his sons became shepherds they kept livestock right you go further down joseph is sold into slavery he becomes right in hand you know he's right uh, beside pharaoh and he's planning on how to navigate the the entire famine jacob and his sons are starving they are reunited with joseph joseph tells them hey listen when you meet pharaoh tell him that you guys are shepherds because you are and the the egyptians despise shepherds so he'll give you a separate town and that's how jacob and his entire family about 66 of them get the land of goshen forward that hundreds of years to the times of moses it's amazing how the people of israel had been localized to the town of goshen just because they were livestock rearers of course they were in slavery by then but they had got a land of their own and god in those plagues that he unleashed upon egypt to deliver his people 10 of those eight of those plagues didn't touch goshen goshen was separated goshen was kept apart they were set apart even then and they were rescued and brought out whole had jacob washed his hands off in that season where he was with laban had he given up too early had he said i can't do this maybe i should just do something else with my life had he thrown in the towel had he not seen the redemptive potential of god in his work deliverance 400 years later would not have happened what is your life's purpose it will often be discovered in the midst of your work you know the sweet spot is when you discover where your life's purpose and how your work where they meet that's that sweet spot and too many of us are giving up our life's work choosing to stay back choosing to lounge around and say i'll figure it out later we're missing that potential that god has placed inside us we're missing the purpose he has got marked out for us deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 17 to 18 gives us a good reminder it says you may say to yourself my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me but remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today this was moses talking to the people he's reminding them that you will grow in numbers you will have increased livestock you will have fields and and houses you didn't plant or build in the midst of that don't forget god because it is god who gives you the ability to produce wealth it is not you on your own it is not me on my own also every blessing every bit of wealth that you have has been given to you has been entrusted to you for his glory not for yours not for mine 
many of us don't share testimonies of financial blessing or of breakthrough of material breakthrough because we're afraid someone will feel jealous of us sometimes we feel afraid that you know what we sound like we're showing off but can i encourage you in the context of this that you would share those testimonies so that others will know that this god the god that we worship cares even about our wealth god will be glorified when we share those stories of increase of blessing of him coming through for us i want to ask you are you working in such a way that you can see the hand of god evident in your life if you can't i ask that you would pray and ask god lord open my eyes to see the blessing of this job open my eyes to see the purpose you have for me through this job may i not think that i deserved this may i realize that i work here by sheer grace and grace alone remember that the sweet spot is found when you do your work well and then you also see your life's purpose emerge from that that's that sweet spot i pray that each of us would discover that as as followers of jesus we need to be able to find that spot the third season that jacob walked through and i believe that all of us will walk through or maybe walking through right now is the wrestle the first one was the wangle of the blessing he wanted it somehow got the blessing the second one was where he had to work for the blessing it was out of necessity the third season was the wrestle for the blessing now when you look at the wrestle you realize that it changed jacob on some very deep level it didn't leave him the same right the jacob who we know for the first many chapters is very different from the jacob who emerges from the wrestle i want to just read a couple of verses from genesis 28 to help you understand how Jacob viewed God at the beginning of his journey to how it got transformed how that view changed right genesis chapter 28 verses 13 to 22 it says this there above it stood the lord and he said i am the lord the lord god your father of your father abram and the god of isaac i will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying your descendants will be like the dust of the earth you will spread out to the west and to the east to the north and to the south all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring i am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and i will bring you back to this land i will not leave you until i have done what i have promised you when jacob awoke from his sleep he thought surely the lord is in this place and i was not aware of it he was afraid and said how awesome is this place this is none other than the house of god this is the gate of heaven Early the next morning Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, "If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God and the stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house and all of that that you give me will I will give you a tenth it's so interesting um god is promising jacob so much he's promising the heavens and the earth practically and yet jacob all he gets from that is if you give me food and clothing and sometimes that's how we are with god you know in the beginning of our journey we know god is he's a god of heaven and earth he everything you know we have access to in him and yet we're asking him for the same thing every day bless me lord uh, you know provide my needs we're so basic and that's what jacob's doing he's saying i'll give you everything and he's saying okay if you you know give me food and you keep clothes on my back then i will it's like even then he's making a deal with god 
when god is saying i'm just going to pour out like i said special needs case he is a very special interest case to god he's saying you know apart from the blessing your father gave you i am giving you this blessing and up until this time if you notice he says i am the lord the god of your father abraham and the god of isaac even just before the wrestle when when jacob is talking to laban and they're marking a boundary and saying we won't cross this and harm each other he makes the pact in the name of the fearful god of his father isaac he still not become the god of jacob he's still the god of abraham and isaac but something changes when he sends his family across that small stream at jabbok and he stays behind i don't know what his intention was maybe he wanted to pray maybe he wanted to talk because he's going to meet at esau in the morning and if you know meeting an older sibling who's angry 20 years later probably spurs you to pray then great right so he stays behind he sends the whole family across the stream he stays behind and that's when he wrestles with god now i want to read that this is such a beautiful passage genesis chapter 32 verses 24 to 30 So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, "Let me go for it is daybreak." But Jacob replied, "I will not let you go unless you bless me." The man asked him, "What is your name?" Jacob he answered. Then the man said, "Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome." Jacob said please tell me your name but he replied why do you ask my name then he blessed him there so Jacob called the place Peniel saying it is because i saw god face to face and and yet my life was spared it's amazing it's amazing how this man and him almost fight are wrestling and wrestling as you know if you watch wrestling in the olympics or anywhere else you see it's a very a contact driven sport it's it brings two people in very intimate contact you can't wrestle with someone you know just with one hand keeping them away with your face turned away no you are locked in you're locked into a very tight embrace you can practically feel each other's heart thumping you can feel the blood rushing through each other's temples and that's the kind of wrestling jacob did a whole night and the beautiful thing is the angel of god the person of god who was wrestling with him showed his superiority just with a touch he just touched his hip his hip is wrenched the fight stops and i love the audacity of jacob to turn to him just because he asked him his name he tries asking him his name and god shows his sovereignty in that moment he says why do you want to know my name but if you look at the verses before that it says he asks him to identify himself the guy who was wrestling with him knew who he was he knew he was jacob but it was like he was asking him Hey, do you know who you are? And he had to come to this place of I am Jacob, the supplanter, the deceiver, the wrangler. That's what he's saying. And then he says, "You will no longer be called that." The wrestle changes how we view ourselves. It changes how we are looking at how we have been looking at ourselves for the past many years. It's amazing because it brings a distant god into very close focus. The problem today is many of us are wrestling with people. We put our views out on social media and then wrestle with the people who comment on that. Many times we are wrestling with our parents who can give us 
who can be the voice of wisdom in our lives. We are wrestling with those who care for us deeply, who are an authority. But the time is coming when each of us need to wrestle with our maker ourselves. He had to get alone. He was a man in a crowded household. Quiet time was not easy for him. He had to get alone. He had to spend time and he had to wrestle. It is necessary at one point that you wrestle with God on your own terms, all by yourself. No, no more leaning on your spouse or your friend or your the one who led you to Christ. No, you need to wrestle with God on your own, away from every distraction. When you wrestle, the blessing that was initially all that you saw in the beginning, in the season of the wangling of the blessing, the blessing was everything that Jacob saw. Rebecca only saw that. Jacob only saw that. It was in the foreground. In the season of work, the blessing had somehow faded into the background. But it is in the season of the wrestle that the blessing actually comes into your lap. You actually experience it. Until then, Jacob had not identified him, his life with the blessing. It was something that, yes, his father had spoken over him. He must have felt guilty for taking it from his brother. But now in the wrestle, just before he meets his brother, the one he stole it from, God is saying the blessing is for you. I mean it, it's for you. You have walked into your blessing. And it is in the season of the wrestle that the blessing sits. It's no longer dangling in front of you like an idol. It's no longer in the background just hovering in your mind. It actually comes to rest. And you can walk into that blessing knowing it's yours. Many of you have been looking for someone to wrestle in the faith with. And that's why community is so beautiful. We get to wrestle with others. We get to say, you know what, I'm struggling with this. What do you think? But more important than that, people can misunderstand you in the wrestle because they don't know your heart. They don't know your story. How much ever you share it, they'll never know the nuances of that. But the God who made you, the author and the perfecter of your faith, he's the one that you should wrestle with because he doesn't misunderstand. He doesn't misread you. He sees you as you are. Many of us wrestle and then we make our identity in that limp that follows. You know, that, that one area that is glaringly missing in our life, we make that our focus. We make that our identity. The limp cannot be your identity. The one you wrestled with, he's your identity. We need to come away from the wrestle with greater strength than when we went into it. So today I would urge you, every one of us are in a wrestle of some sort. We're asking God, why God, why this? Lord, why not that? I wanted that, but you're giving me this. Why not? Lord, how long? Lord, why me? It's okay. As long as you wrestle closely with him, you're in a good place. The minute you start throwing punches, that's when it's a problem because he's still a sovereign God. You need to come into an intimate wrestle with him. He's waiting for it. He seeks and longs to bless you and me, but he requires that we come into the wrestle with him. And when you come out of that wrestle, you may come out of the limp because you've met with God, but you'll come out stronger than you've ever been. And I want to encourage you to come out of it with that strength. That we will go from glory to glory, strength to strength after the wrestle. So as I close, I want to bring this to your forefront. Maybe for you, the blessing of God has been something that you have made your identity. You're saying, you know, I need to have all of that to know that I am God's, to know that I'm blessed. Maybe you've been just following God out of a place of necessity. You have nothing else going for you, so why not? 
but god is going to bring you into a place of conformity because that is what the wrestle will do when jacob met esau the next day he says seeing you is like seeing the face of god why because there was a similar expression i'm guessing on both the face of the man who wrestled with the man on esau's face and that was grace esau hugged him and said i don't need all these gifts i'm glad to see you can you picture that if that's not grace i don't know what is when he wrestled with god it was grace that was the super imposing character of god that must have been coming forth that here was this guy 20 odd years been wrestling with god you know squeezing himself into situations somehow making deals coming out of it better than before but here he had to come face to face with god and that's when he left changed and i'm guessing when he crossed the jabok stream and went to his family his eyes must have been opened to the depths of his blessing 12 sons one daughter wives servants livestock it might must have finally come to a place where he said wow thank you god this is all you it's not me conformity is the goal so many of us are thinking i've been asking god for this i know that i'm supposed to get these things but i'm not there yet why maybe he's moving you to from a place of misplaced identity like jacob started out he's moving you into a place of necessity where you'll need to come to him because you have nowhere else to go and that's a good place to be in but he doesn't leave you there he moves you eventually to a place of conformity where you have become a little more like jesus that is the goal so if you're waiting on a promise and you're saying tina i don't know how long this is going to take well don't worry you're in good company a whole bunch of us are waiting because we are all being conformed shaped and molded into the likeness of jesus we've got a ways to go maybe a long ways to go but we'll keep moving along will you bring your waiting to him will you stop wangling that blessing the blessing is yours in jesus every blessing is yes and amen but will you concentrate on waiting faithfully will you concentrate on resting in what he's already done will you concentrate on working while you wait believing that your work is intended for his glory will you wrestle faithfully in intimate contact with god himself don't wrestle with people don't wrestle with culture wrestle with god come to him wrestle with him we need to move from a place of misplaced identity to a place of necessity and eventually to a place of conformity we can't do it without the help of the holy spirit and as i pray for you i want you to ask god that lord i don't know where i'm at on this journey but i know that i'm not where i was a year back thank god for that and that's the work of the holy spirit but we're going to ask him to keep moving us towards the place of conformity make us more like jesus that is going to be our prayer today can you pray this with me father in heaven we thank you for your son jesus we thank you for everything that you have been doing in our lives we cover ourselves right now with your precious blood and ask that you holy spirit would transform us and conform us to the image of Jesus every part of our lives if we've been wangling things we've been wheeling and dealing we're sorry we want to rest we want to wait father if we've been thinking our work is the source of our wealth forgive us you are the source of our wealth you give us power to get rich bless the work of our hands enlarge our territory expand our reach and may it all be for your glory Help us to wrestle faithfully till the very end. Help us, Lord, 
to be so close to you that we can feel your heart beat for us. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you go into this week, remember Jacob. Remember that he was a special interest case to God and so are you. So am I. He sees us. He loves every bit of our complicated sides. And he wants to do great things with us. So if you would cling on to God like Jacob did in that wrestle, you're going to come out better. Have a lovely week. Bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.